0: good morning everyone in less than two months we're going to be sailing on the sea of Galilee we're going to walk in the tomb where Jesus was buried I'm going to pray in the garden where Jesus prayed right before he was crucified I'm going to preach a sermon on the same mount that Jesus preached the Beatitudes on and most of you not going to be there but there's still time for you to get on board, and uh, I highly recommended it. No one goes to Israel without, having, without coming back feeling a life change and a trip that was well worth it. So we got just a few more weeks here, and I'm hoping you'll jump in and be a part of that. God bless you so much. Welcome to our people on stream, uh, live stream. You know, I got a wonderful um, email this week a wonderful lady named Margie that is unable to be here because of health issues, but she watches us online. And the Lord touched her wonderfully and spoke to her heart and gave her a fresh grace in the message last week. And man, that really made my week, I'll guarantee you. So it's amazing how God uses uh, all the technology we enjoy today to help people and bless people and uh, And we're happy to welcome those that are uh, watching us live stream today. May the Lord bless you. And those that will watch on Facebook, that's um, even an added blessing. God bless you so much. Um, Jump in here with us and let the Lord bless your heart. Thank the Lord. We're enjoying a a time of fasting and praying. I hope that all of you are plugged in in this Pray 21. We're reading the Bible every day. Um, it's a 20, one chapter a day, then we have a memory verse, you can find this blue card probably in the seat pockets or in the foyer, and it uh, tells you what chapter we're reading for this day and what verse we're focusing on and maybe even memorizing, so stay with us on that. Um, just set additional time aside every day to pray and seek the Lord, and God will bless you for it. Um, One of the things we're also doing is uh, we're using a one-word strategy to help move our lives this January. The one-word strategy is where you really pray and ask the Lord and maybe talk about it with your spouse, and you you find a word that you feel like has um, a touch of divinity on it that kind of brings focus to your life and your endeavors for for this year. Just one word that you can really uh, focus in on. You know, you can't fix your whole life in a day. You can't work on everything at once. But God can give you a word that really makes a a difference. It's just a word you pray over and you meditate on, and God will speak to you through that word. And some are uh, searching for words for uh, for their marriage, their family, their businesses. Uh, We, our word this month is grow, and uh, I believe it's a blessing to you already. So how many of you got your word, already got your word? Let me see your hand. All right, I'm seeing some hands out there. These folks are coming down the aisle with some cardboard and uh, something to write with. And what I want you to do is write your word on your piece and um, get ready to hold it up. So raise up your hand. They're coming down the aisle real fast. If you want to participate in this, raise your hand. They're going to give you one here in just a few moments. Thank the Lord. And uh, a little bit later, I'll ask you to hold your word up and let the Lord uh, strengthen and bless you through that. Thank the Lord. And if you haven't gotten your word yet, uh, as you fast and pray this week, it's a good time to really listen. You know, to get your word, you have to listen, right? You've got to stop talking and start listening. And so this is a good way to exercise your spiritual ears and let the Lord download His word to you uh, for uh, this season. So, a good time just to listen. Um, you know, I have a lot of thoughts that run across the screen in my mind, as you do, as I'm sure, and a lot of thoughts that are generated, you know, from my imagination inside of me uh, creates words on the screen of my mind. And then, um, you know, sometimes the enemy will whisper words that become won't come to the screen of my mind, but then there are times when God will speak words that come across the screen of my mind, and uh, I have to be able to discern what are thoughts that come up out of my own human spirit, what thoughts may be coming from the enemy, and what thoughts God may be putting inside of me. And so it's important to understand, uh, be able to understand the difference in those voices and begin to separate what thoughts are divine thoughts that must be captured, So, God will give you a divine thought. It'll be a word, and it'll come into your spirit and come upon the screen of your mind. And it'll be a gravitational word that will have a a sense of feel and essence to it um, and a, a uniqueness to it. And so, listen carefully and let God download that word to you. Let me show you the power of one word from the scripture. We're reading from the book of Matthew, chapter 8, verse 8. Listen to what. The officer, a centurion soldier, said to Jesus, Lord, I'm not worthy to have you come into my house. Just say the word from where you are, and my servant will be healed. Now, this soldier had a servant at home that was very ill, and he traveled to see Jesus, and he asked Jesus to heal his servant. And Jesus said, Okay, I'll go to your house and I'll pray over him. And the servant says, No, it may not be necessary. I see the power and the authority that you operate on, and so all I'm asking you to do is just speak a word and my servant will be healed. Jesus said, wow, I hadn't seen faith like that in all of Israel. This man understood that when God speaks a word, that has the same power that literally created the heavens and the earth. And if you can get that kind of word for your life, things begin to change. So what you're listening for is one word from God that will change your life. How many believe that one word from God can change your life? Just one word, All right. So we're listening for that one word and uh, it brings focus, it brings insight, and with it there is a grace on it. Every word that God speaks has grace attached to it. Remember that grace is God's power and desire to do His will. So when grace comes, I have inner strength to do things I might not otherwise do. And it's the release of His Word that delivers the grace to my heart. So if I can hear one word from the Lord, that word will have grace, inner strength, and power to make the change and the progress that I hope to make. Our word this month is grow. We're not really talking about church growth. We're talking about personal growth. And I'm challenging you to grow grow personally i mentioned last week how that most problems don't go away they grow away in other words as you and i grow personally we leave our problems behind and so as we grow a lot of the things that we're dealing with on this level won't be on our next level so i want to challenge you as, as that you would grow with me and let's go to our next personal level of maturity in christ and the things of god and I hope that I can be an inspiration to you uh, throughout this month as we continue in this series. So how many of you got your word ready? All right. All right. In just a moment, I want you to stand up and hold your word up and kind of do it like this, you know, because this is your word. Now, um, you've got to post this word. You've got to be, you got to keep this word visible. You've got to have it where you're reminded of it. You can't just, like, think about it and then forget it. You've got to make it, in, use some visuals to keep it going. And uh, so this is what we need to do. All right, if you've got your words, stand up and hold it up. Let me see what words we got out here, all right? All right, let me see if I can listen, all right? Time, I see that word. I see the word power, greater, together, all right? And I see the word vision and fire and peace And uh, intentional, that's a good word, health. I saw that word health over here. And in the back, faith, uh, words, and then um, humility, forward. I like that word forward. Somebody else got that word this week. Hope, there's another word forward back there. I see the word in the back, love, all right? And I can't see some of those. Restored, we believe in God for restoration. Is that it? Restored, I got that? and then comfort, all right, and then, um, can't quite see that, is that confidence, all right, confidence, great word, and uh, I can't see those in the back, um, somebody, darling, you started off, honey, and you just scream out your word, All right. all right, all right, all right, all right, fantastic awareness. That is a good word, awareness. All right, fantastic. All right, at one time, wait, 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 wait. At one time, I want us all to shout our words together. Are you ready? One, two, three. All right. Thank you very much. God bless you. Last week, I mentioned to you how that it isn't enough to want to grow. You have to plan to grow. Every one of us need to create a personal growth plan, a personal growth plan. Stay with me on my notes, okay guys? A personal growth plan. Uh, you don't grow accidentally. You grow intentionally. You grow because you say, "I'm tired of being at the level I'm on." and I want to move forward, and I want to grow. So you have to create a growth plan. In the book of 2 Peter chapter 3 verse 18, the apostle said, you must grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus, of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Notice the word grow. He said you have to grow in grace and grow in knowledge. Grace is God's power at work within us. The Apostle Paul, who accomplished so much in his lifetime for the kingdom of God, virtually changed the world, said it like this, I am what I am by the grace of God. In other words, all that you see me doing, all that I'm involved in, he said none of that is because of my own strength and energy, but because of the grace that is in me. So if you and I are going to grow, we have to grow in grace so that God's power and goodness is operating in our lives and and causing us to live at a higher level. And of course, we must grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Study is good, education is essential, but there's nothing like knowing Jesus Christ. And it's out of your knowledge of Him that all knowledge must grow. I want to grow spiritually, I want to grow spiritually and I want to grow in other areas of my life. And sometimes you can grow spiritually and not in other areas and sometimes in other areas and not spiritually. But growth really comes into being when you're growing spiritually and you're growing in other areas of your life. It gives you the sense that your life is moving forward. You know our bodies have the wonderful ability to to detect when it's in movement. In other words, if I am moving, my body can say, you're moving. If I'm still, I can say, I'm still. Internally, you have the ability to detect when your life is moving forward and when it isn't. I want to have the feel that my life is perpetually moving forward. And I don't want the sensation that Man, my life is going on where it's just the same old, same old, cycling around the same things, the same problems, the same situation, and I feel like am the same person doing the same things, and my life is not moving. So I'm encouraging you in ways this month to help you get that sense that my life is moving. And remember, for, for your life to move, there has to be change. There has to be growth. So I want to talk to you about developing a growth plan for your life. Ask yourself, in what area of my life am I dissatisfied, dissatisfied? What area of my life am I dissatisfied? What area of my life do I just not feel good about? I just don't feel good about it. It can be uh, your physical health or appearance. I just don't feel good about my health or my appearance. You could say, I don't feel good about my finances. Maybe my debt load is too high. Maybe my savings is too small. Maybe I'm not putting something back for retirement. Uh, maybe I don't have enough left over. Or just something, I, I don't feel good about my finances. It could be your marriage, your family. It could be your career. I don't feel good about my career. So, what area of your life that you can simply say, I just don't feel good about this area of my life? That may be an area you need to create a growth plan in. Are you frustrated? Frustrated. You know, dissatisfied is one thing. Frustrated is something else. That's like down the road of dissatisfied. Now you're frustrated and you're aggravated and you're not just dissatisfied and uncomfortable, but you're just tired and worn out and ready for something to happen. Wouldn't it be good if if you and I could make changes before we get to the frustration point that we lived at such a level of grace when something needed to be fixed, we just got started fixing it. But you know how it is. We often let our cars go until they completely break down and then we fix it. Until our marriage completely crashes and then we try to get help. Or until our health forces us to the hospital and then we try to suddenly make changes. Wouldn't it be good if we could really start making changes before it gets to that critical spot, when, when that frustrating place where you're just ready to pull out your hair? Wouldn't it be good if we could live at a level of grace where we could see areas that need worked on and start working on them now? Maybe they won't ever get that bad. So we have to target areas of growth. I'd like to think that I could grow entirely in my own personal culture and walk with the Lord this year. But more realistically, it's better to target one or two areas and say, you know, I want to work on these areas. Too often we, we, we take challenges and we make commitments and they're so big and so grand and so wonderful, we can't get our arms around them and we can't really accomplish them. I'm a bite-sized guy, you know, I live by the philosophy of how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. You know, the fact is, if you've got a good plan... Um, You can get anywhere you want to be. So the next thing is you've got to have steps and stages and you've got to have increments that you can can get a hold of. You know, just about anybody of us in this room here could climb the Empire State Building if we wanted to because they have steps. And if you can just take one step at a time and then you accomplish one floor and just get on that floor and rest and say, "Huh, floor one, done. And as soon as you catch your breath, you can say, let's go, one step at a time, and then you land on floor two. And it's like, wow, floor two of the entire Empire State Building. Before long, you'd be on the top looking over the landscape of New York City. And that's the way life is. Sometimes you can't just leap from one floor to the next. You just got to take one step at a time. And if you and I can get a plan to just take one step at a time, we're sure to get there. So a plan has to have steps. Let me give you some elements of a plan that I think will be helpful to you. First of all, when you make a plan, you need education. Get educated. If there's an area of your life that you're uncomfortable with, frustrated with, tired of and you want to fix, you want to change, you want to make make it different, then you have to simply educate yourself. You know, with with the phones we carry in our pocket and the computers on our desktops, You know, the the knowledge of the world is literally at our fingertips. And there's any subject that you want to know about is just a Google away. Just a Google away. Be careful, just because you can Google it doesn't make you an expert in the field. Just a a warning there. But the point is, if you want to know something, you don't have to go down to the library You don't have to travel the world. The internet brings it to wherever you are. And there's no excuse for being ignorant when we have the internet. If you can read and you can get online, everything you want is there. And it's amazing what's out there. Some of it is good. Some of it is really bad stuff. Some of it is true and some of it is false. But the point is, it's at your fingertips if you want it. And I want to encourage you to educate yourself. It's amazing what you can do with YouTube. If there's anything in the world you want to do, just look it up on YouTube, and they've got a video telling you exactly how to do it. A couple years ago, I was in the barn, and I had a little horse that needed an IV, an intravenous shot. Well, it had been a good while since I'd done it, and I forgot where the vein was. I had a good idea, but I was poking in her neck, and I couldn't find it. So um, I've decided to let it rest a little while, and I Googled it, how to give a horse an IV. Sure enough, I got a YouTube video, gave me a complete description. So I'm standing there with a needle in one hand and the phone in the other, my little mare just sitting there waiting nice and kind, and it showed me exactly where the vein was, which one to hit, which one to miss, exactly how to go about it. I put the phone in my pocket, no problem. I've been doing it ever since. So I mean, you never know. It'll tell you anything you want to know about anything. It's just right there, right when you need it. So there's no excuse for being ignorant when we have education in our fingertips. you got to get educated. If you're not willing to invest time in learning, you're probably not going to get there. You have to invest time in learning, educating yourself, find out why it's happening, what can be done about it, make it better. Education is an important part of your growth plan. A second important element of your growth plan must be counsel. Everybody say, counsel. There has to be someone in your life with skin on that can talk to you and listen to you and give you input. Find someone that you can bounce it off of. Find someone that can talk to you about it. Everybody needs counsel. We're all under the influence of someone. God forbid if all of my influence is the internet. God forbid if all of my influence is television. What I need is someone with Jesus inside that can give me wisdom and grace and, and can help me find the right thing to do. Now in some areas of life, you may, can use a secular counselor or someone that is knowledgeable, knowledgeable in that field. Nevertheless, find someone that you can, will help you and mentor you and coach you. And will also keep, hold you accountable for the changes you hope to make. I think counsel is very, very important. The third thing is steps. You need steps. You need steps. Step one, step two, step three. Do this. We get that done. We're going to do this. And after that, we're going to do that. Break it down into steps. Don't try to take it off in one at one time. You also need target dates, target dates, uh, target dates, target dates. You, you, you've got to You got to set a time limit on yourself you know one thing I hate about human beings is we often don't get things done unless there's a deadline attached to it don't you just hate that I mean it seems so wimpy to me that I've got to have a deadline to get something done but it's amazing how many things I can put off until I hit the deadline and then at the last minute I get a million things done it's amazing how motivated I get right before a deadline I don't like that about myself, and I don't know, maybe you're not that way. But the point is, if I don't put time on some of my goals and in part of my plan, you may never get it done. So put some dates on there, some time sets, some goals, uh, so that you can say, I want to have this much done by this date, and then later on, I want to have more done. And it's important that you start right now, and I'll finish with that. Is start right now because, you know, it's only a new year, we're about three weeks into January. It's not a new year. You get out of January, it's not a new year anymore. We're all saying a happy new year and talking about the new year in 2018. We're all talking about what we want to do and what we don't want to do and setting goals and all that in January. When February hits, it's over with. I'm convinced there's a grace in January that we don't have any other time of the year. There's a grace in January to move your life, make changes. Uh, you know, it's just January. There's just the way God set the whole cycle of the earth and mankind up. It just, there's January. There's a fresh start, a new beginning, a, a sense of put close the door on the past, open the door on the future. It's just January. And if you don't capture this energy, it's harder in February. It's a lot harder in May. And, and, and if you get to September, it's like, well, I'm going to wait till the next January. <laughs> Come on now. And so uh, I encourage you to start now. This is definitely the time. I want to take a few moments, um, and I want to talk to you about better routines lead to a better life. Better routines lead to a better life. Routines. Everybody say routines. Now, everybody's got routines, some are more structured, some are more de- uh, il- deliberate and intentional than others, but everybody's got a routine. We all have routines. We have patterns that we live our lives in. And some of our routines, uh, parts of our routine is healthy and some might be unhealthy, but we all have routines. Um, <clears throat> there, ha- there are procedures for everything in life, and your routine is like a procedure, it's an order of things being done. It's a prioritizing. It's, it's safeguards. You know, uh, when you and I go to uh, a medical facility, we're going to have a medical procedure. And when you have a medical procedure, everything is carefully preplanned and ordered. Dr. Galdemes is a surgeon. When you go in for a surgery, everything is carefully done by a set procedure and I want to know that if I'm going to submit myself to a medical procedure that there is a procedure that has been proven and that is being followed to the T. I don't want anybody pulling out their iPhone and Googling anything (laughs) during my procedure. You know I I want them to know what they're doing, have done it before and I want to make sure they're following the procedure. Because I know the outcome will be greatly influenced by how carefully they follow the procedure. And if they foul up the procedure, I will pay the consequences for it. Well, it's not just medical things, there's a procedure in changing a diaper, there's a procedure in brushing your teeth, there's a procedure in preparing a meal. There's a procedure in cutting your grass and cleaning your garage. There's a procedure in everything. Everything has a procedure, a process. Rituals are the procedures of life. It's how we proceed in life. And if we plan the procedure of our life and we carefully orchestrate our rituals the way we live out a day and a week and a month and a year, then we're more likely to get the results that we want. But if we had not thought about our procedures, our rituals, our routines, then it's kind of whatever. Well, now you already know that we all have to live our lives in conjunction with other people and things of the world. For instance, if you have children in school, there's a certain time they've got to be at school and be picked up. There are certain days they're in school and certain days they're out of school and certain days they have extra school activities. And so you're always adjusting your routine to the school. You have a job and you have to be at a certain place at a certain time because that's when you do your job, right? And uh, you get certain days off and certain holidays, but you have to fit yourself to that. If you want to go to a sporting event, those sporting events happen at a certain time, and if you want to be at that sporting event, you got to fix your routine to it. And if you want to be in church, you've got to know when church starts, and you've got to make sure you're there, and you put it into your routine. So there's a lot in life that we have to just adjust to and fit our life into. But there's a great part of our lives that we control. There's a great part of our day that we have discretion over, and it's important that we control the part of our life that we can control, that the part of our routine, the part of our ritual that we live out, that we adjust it so that it is a procedure that has the right results. When people talk about their life, I don't like my life or I love my life, they're really talking about their routines and their rituals, how they live out every day what they do in the context of the day, a week or a month or a year. When you say you don't like your life, it's you don't like the way you're living and the way you're forced to live. And sometimes we go through season when our routines are all jacked up and we have to do things we don't want to do, but that season demands it and we have to get it done. But we can't live our whole life a hostage to other people's routines and demands the world that make upon us. We have to be in charge of the routines of our life and the way we will live and the way we will not live. I just simply have to change what I can change. Can't change everything, but I gotta change what I can change. And I have to use my time to the best advantage. And I can't let the world dictate everything I do. And I can't let my flesh dictate everything I do. I can't let other people dictate everything I do. I have to be in charge of my own routines, my own rituals, my own procedures of life. Because if I'm not, I'm subject to whatever the world dumps on me. But when I take charge of the part of my life that I can be in charge of, then I control the outcome. Because remember, how carefully you follow your procedure determines how effective the procedure is going to be at the end. And sometimes the culprit in our finances is our routines. The culprit in our marriage and our family is the routine. Sometimes the culprit in our walk with God is the routine. I talk to you from time to time about spiritual habits, spiritual habits habits are directly connected to our routine your habits fill up your routine they make your routine and so if you have good spiritual habits you're likely to have a, a good walk with god and to be growing in your in your walk with the lord but you have to have the right routine so this morning i want to challenge you to take a good look at your routine how you usually spend a Sunday afternoon, how you usually spend a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and -and so-and-so and say, how can we better alter our routine so that we end up with the kind of life we want to live, the kind of health we want to have, the kind of relationship with God we want to have, the kind of marriage we want to have. I'm convinced that little changes in these areas can make big differences if we can move them from just occasional to an habitual way of life. So I want you to think about that. Next Sunday, I'm going to talk to you about habits. And I think it'll be a blessing to you as we continue in this line of thought. So take a close look at your routines. Because when you change your routines, you will change your life. When you change your routine, you will change your life. But if you refuse to change your routine, you're refusing to make the changes it needs for you to move your life forward. All progress demands change. And I cannot wait and just respond to the changes of the world around me. But I must be intentional and make changes that I believe God wants in me and that I want in my life and take responsibility for my own personal culture. And I'm not going to blame anybody else for my own personal culture. Nobody else's responsibility, my own. I'm a grown man, and I am what I am, good or bad. It's my responsibility, and so I just encourage you to take responsibility for your own personal culture. Can you say amen? amen. Now, at the end here today, I want to talk to you about Pray 21. This is a 21 days of prayer and fasting that we're involved in. I talked to you how that we're reading one chapter a day, and we have a a, a memory verse that we're meditating on and memorizing and focusing on for that day and if you hadn't gotten this there's one in the at the connection desk or maybe in your seat pockets but uh, please get involved with that Uh, you just have to increase the amount of time you spend in personal prayer and devotion and um, increase the amount of time you spend uh, reading the scripture and meditating on the things of God and asking God to speak to you about your life and um, the things that are important to you. So be sure and read through the Scripture, pray through the Scripture every single day. Uh, I've also mixed it with fasting, and this year I've asked you to fast one precious food or drink item or maybe a category, like Renee and I are fasting all sweets, so we're not eating any sweets, but you could fast one sweet thing or some drink item like coffee or tea or Cokes or whatever you know, makes you get makes you go you can just kind of set that aside and it uh, really, really helpful so it's not a total fast it's just one cherished food item or drink or maybe a category somebody said I'm not eating any bread for a month somebody said I'm drinking only water well there's health health value in all of that as well as spiritual value and then uh, one day a week we're fasting for 24 hours so you pick a meal you eat that meal uh, and then you don't anything till the next day at that same meal. So that's a 24 hour period. Some pick breakfast, some pick lunch, some pick dinner. Uh, Renee and I, we tend to like eat supper or dinner and then not eat again till the next day at, at supper or dinner. But uh, either way, it works just so it's 24 hours. So pick a day every week and, and jump in on that. It'll help you to grow. Now, let me talk to you about the practical value of fasting. When you say no, to your body's natural need of food and nourishment. You just say no. I know you want it. I know you miss it. I know you need that coffee to get you going. I know you need that little bit of sugar to get you. I know you need it, but no. Saying no to your to your physical body gives you spiritual strength. You see the root of the problem is whereas we should be led by our human spirit we're more often led by our physical body. Our physical body is down the chain of command. The physical body is not meant to rule me or control me. My spirit man should rule and control me. Not my emotions, not my personality, none of that, but, and not my physical body. But my spirit man must be in control. And so when you fast, you're saying to your physical body, no, no. And so, every little while, your physical body brings you back to you're hungry, you're thirsty for this, you need some of this, or you pass something that looks delicious, and and it's like your physical body is saying, man, I want some of that. And you have to say, no. Uh, It's kind of like an alarm. You know, after not long of not eating anything on that single day, I mean, it's just every few minutes I'm saying, man, I'm hungry. What time is it? How much longer do we have? And it's like an alarm that keeps bringing me back and keeps calling my attention to why are you not eating? I'm not eating because I'm drawing closer to God, because I'm, I'm stumbling my feet flesh so that I can strengthen my spirit. I, I, I'm, I'm saying no to the flesh so that my spiritual ears will open up and my spiritual eyes will see better than ever before. And by saying that to your spirit, it brings you closer to God and it opens up your spirit, man, because now he's finally in charge where he can speak to you and hear from God and, and, and be the real ruler of your life. You know, all the people of God for many centuries, Old and New Testaments, have fasted as a means of coming close to God and even in this 21st century we have not outgrown the need for fasting so I want to encourage you to um, use fasting as a way of strengthening your inner man and drawing close to God at 12 21 every day of the week Monday through Friday uh, one of our pastors uh, comes on the Facebook and we have a group they can throw that that uh, group number up there if they want to And so you join the Facebook group, and we go on and we pray. And people send in prayer requests, and as they come up on the screen, we pray for those prayer requests. And uh, so if you're a Facebook and you got at 1221 for 21 minutes, 1221 for 21 minutes, Monday through Friday, we're there. I think uh, Renee and I will be on there Tuesday and Thursday. Some of our other pastors will be doing the various days. But it's a good way just to stop in the middle of your day, maybe it's your lunch period, and just have a short prayer with us. Pray with us. Pray for the needs. Send in your needs and get plugged in. It just, it just, helps. It just helps to keep you plugged in and keep you a part of what's going on uh, because the world takes you away. And it's so easy just to, just to compartmentalize God to Sunday morning. And then go live your life and then come back and and, and this helps to keep God active all through the week. Sa- last last night we had a great prayer time here. It was so wonderful. Uh, the presence of the Lord was here. We worshiped, we prayed, and it was a great group of people here. We'll be meeting here again this Saturday night at 6 o'clock. I hope that you will uh, join me for that. I want to go to James chapter 4, verse 7, and then I'll be through. James chapter 4, verse 7. Uh, We'll finish up here today. James chapter 4, verse 7. New Living Translation, please. Are we getting it? James said this, Humble yourselves before God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come close to God, and God will come close to you. Wow. Come close to God, and God will come close to you. Come close to God, and God will come close to you. What a promise that is. How do you come close to God? Where is He? The Bible said He's not far from any one of us. You don't have to go to a certain place, or He's not far away. You don't have to get on an airplane or drive in a car. All you have to have is a private time with God, just some quiet moments. You know, all of us are spending hours behind the wheel looking through the windshield. What a great time it is to pray and listen to the Scripture and and to grow spiritually. Sometimes you don't have a quiet moment unless you get in the car and go somewhere by yourself. It's the only quiet moment you've got. Take advantage of it. Draw near to God. And for centuries, the people of God have drawn near to Him in these three ways. Prayer, which is simply talking to God, a, a conversation with God. Secondly, by studying the Scripture and thirdly, through fasting. This is the way that for centuries the people of God have come close to Him, and His Word promises that if we'll come close to Him, that He will respond and come close to us. On that promise, I hope you will stand this week as we fast and pray. And so, um, as we come to a close here this morning, I want to pray over you that God's grace touches you and that your life moves forward. A number of the people in the room here today got the word forward. Forward. What a great word. And whatever your word is, our prayer is that we would move forward. Don't miss the season, but let God touch you during this time. You know, I, 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 you've heard me say this, but I, I've done this January thing my whole life. My pastor said some of the things, things I've said to you today. He said those when I was a little guy. And I grew up fasting and praying in January. It's a way of life. And so I can say as confidently as anyone that this is a great way to bring you back to a starting point and to launch a year and to get going in the right direction for every year. And I hope that you will follow me in that. Can you say amen? You can close your Bibles now. If you're here today and you feel like I really need God's help in this area of my life, maybe it's a temporary problem or a long-standing one. It could be in the region of your health, the area of your relationships, your finances, I don't know what it is. You know, we're all managing different areas of our lives and sometimes you can have problems in multiple areas. But if you're here today and you need help from the Lord you need God to touch you in some area of your life it's not just about you fixing it you know God's not saying and certainly I'm not saying well you just need to suck it up fix it you know get over it hey man God's not saying get over it he's saying let me help you with that let me help you with that he says let me help you with that it's not because he's angry at us. He's not. It's not because he, we've messed it up and now we've got to fix it, bless God. We've, we made our bed. We've got to sleep in it. God doesn't think like that. He says, no, I know you made your bed, but let me straighten it out for you. I know you caused that problem, but let me help you fix it. That's the God we serve. It's the God we serve. And uh, so if you need help, I want to give you an opportunity to come forward down. Prayer partners, come forward, please. These are the people that are ready to pray with you. and. Uh, You can come down and any one of them that you choose will be happy to pray for you. Um, You don't have to be a member of the church. You don't even have to be a Christian. But if you want help from God, come down and we'll be glad to pray with you. When you come down, just say, hey, I'd like for you to pray about this. And you can make it very general and very broad, just some area of your life. You don't have to tell us details, certainly anything embarrassing or personal. And we'll we'll pray and, and begin to declare what God said in the Bible over you believe that god is going to hear and answer prayer every single week at this altar people receive answers to their prayer they receive miracles in their life god intervenes and things begin to change when they walk outside the door their world has changed because of what happened right here in the altar and so if you need prayer or ministry for anything we'd be very happy to pray with you now please stand together if you need prayer ministry come forward i want to pray for those people online I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would visit them right where they are and you know exactly what they need. And I'm asking you to send healing virtue, send help and hope for whatever area of life that they need. Give them a touch of faith, a touch of hope that they did not have. Begin to alter the circumstances and change what they're in today by your grace and power. I send a word of healing and deliverance and miracle answers to them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you so very much. Thank the Lord. As you can see, people are coming down receiving prayer. This is open for everyone. You're more than welcome to come down. We want to pray with you. I'm going to pray a blessing over the entire congregation. And having done so, you may be free to leave. If you want to have prayer, these altars will remain open, usually for 15, 20, maybe even 30 minutes after church is over. People are still coming down to receive prayer, and you can be one of those. We're not in a hurry. Um, so if you need prayer, there'll be someone here in the altar ready to pray for you. Thank you for being here with us on this Sunday morning. It's been my joy to worship with you. Thank you for giving me a few minutes to share the principles of God's Word with you and to encourage you in your walk with God. May the Lord bless and keep you. May he make His face shine upon you and give you peace. May goodness and mercy follow you and the Holy Spirit overshadow you. May the Lord's blessing be upon every area of your life. May there be a grace on you to fast and pray and seek His face. May your spiritual ears be open where you can hear the voice of God. May your spiritual eyes see clearly so you can see the road ahead that God has for you. I speak this blessing on you all in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. I love you. Thanks for being at Triumph Church today.